0: It's time to buckle up your seatbelts and let's get this ball rolling. Welcome to our second episode of our 100th episode celebration. I couldn't believe it when my editor rang me. He's like, Arles, what are you going to do for your 100th episode? And I had this moment of like, no, no way. We've done like 60. So I Massive, massive shout out to every single one of you in the community for being on this journey with me and being a part of this incredible, supportive, resilient community of challenges that change us. So, for the 100th episode, we decided to split it in two. The first was about the podcast and really what happens behind the scenes. What are some of the things that I've loved about doing the podcast? Some of the lessons many of the challenges that will make you laugh. But that was the last episode, episode 100. For this second part, I really would like to have a conversation around resilience because it's really the backbone of challenges that change us. And I think resilience is often misunderstood. So this episode is all about resilience. And I'm just going to talk to a couple of key points that I think, you know, is worth us having in our back pockets for a time that we need it. First and foremost. Resilience is the ability to bounce back, not the ability to be strong all the time, day in and day out, not feel overwhelmed, not feel anxious, not feel fear. You know, I think so often when we talk about resilience, someone is so resilient, we think they're so strong and they're thriving and striving, and in the face of adversity, they can man up. Whew, that is so far from the truth. The most resilient people I know in this world fall over, they cry, they feel completely and utterly undone, the world is too much, the moments are too hard, and then they have this something rises from within them whether it be through having to survive whether it be from having to step through each moment of time or whether it be from finding strength or inspiration from somewhere else where they're like I've got this or I'm going to do this no matter what but it is definitely not smooth sailing the mantra that I often think about when I'm in the heat in the in really stuck in the mud of adversity is you can get bitter or you can get better but I also get bitter for a little while, like right now in my world, for those of you that have been following us on Facebook, you'll know I've just spent a week in Westmead with my daughter. We actually went down thinking we were going to get the news that no parent ever wants to hear, that her life might be shortened. And we spent days leading into this test and, and so fortunate that that is not what we're facing, but we are facing three months of her on a chemo drug. So I was like on cloud nine, cheering, Woo! she's going to live to tell the story. And then it really hit me like someone slapped me across the face. We actually have three to six months on this potentially toxic drug. And what's that going to mean for our family? And, you know, will she lose her hair? Will she be sick? Will she be able to go to school? What's it going to mean for mum and dad with work? And how are her sisters going to cope? And then I went into this spiral, this spiral of like overwhelm. And in that moment, it's like you can get bitter or you can get better, but it's okay to be bitter for a little while. And it's also okay to grieve for a little while. So grief and gratitude sit really close together with adversity. You're allowed and I encourage you to grieve for all the things that have happened, for being in the actual place that you're in, in that moment of time. And right next to it might sit gratitude in that When I talk about my daughter, I am so grateful she's going to live to tell the story. I am so grateful that we can have treatment from our home. But I'm still grieving the fact that my daughter is in u and she's going to be sick. I'm still grieving that her sisters and the whole family have to go through this process and I'm still grieving that she doesn't get to live a normal life. Anyway, enough about me. Let's talk about resilience. In the midst of change, we discover things we never knew we had We get opportunities that otherwise may not have been presented and I truly believe in the midst of adversity comes these gold nuggets. You know How many times have we heard it on this podcast when we think back through the last 100 episodes that people have said, today I am here because I went through that or it was going through that challenge that allowed one door to close and another door to open. Now, when you're in it, you can't see it. You're not meant to be able to see it, but I know when I stand away six months, 12 months, two years down the track, I will look back on this time in my life, look back on this chapter and think, that is the reason why I'm here and where I am today. And there was actually a gold nugget in that moment. Now, some tips for going through tough times, through adversity and how you can help build that resilience muscle. The first thing is working out what game you're playing. Let me explain that. You might think you're playing hockey and you know the rules and you know who your team is and you've been working with your coach for a year and then all of a sudden someone picks you up and pops you in a tennis match and you've got to rejig everything, your whole mindset, you've got to rejig your physical body, you've got to rejig your understanding of the environment, your component, you have a different coach, everything changes in that moment and so when adversity hits, part of being resilient is being able to stop and take stock. Where am I now? What has changed? Like let's pull right up into the landscape view and let's work out what game we're playing and what are the rules and who is around, who's my coach, who's my team, what do I need to know? The second thing that I think is really critical in this place is to get really crystal clear on what can you control and what can't you control. We talk about this as a circle of influence. So, you know, you can write down on a page, here are all the things I can't control. So, for example, at the moment, I can't control how sick my daughter gets. I can't control what other people's reactions are going to be to it. I can't control whether the school gives her work every day or every second day or once a week. But what we can control is the attitude that we choose every day. What I can control is, you know, for her to decide whether she'd prefer to be in the air con at home or trying to go out in the heat with her friends. What she can decide is what clothes she's going to wear. This is the difference. And so it's once you know what you can't control, I have this little mantra that says I choose to let go of what I can't control. And I put that on repeat. I choose to let go of what I can't control. I choose to let go of what I can't control. And then on the stuff you can control, you get to work on that stuff. Make a plan, write it out, prioritize it, get help. You know, they're the things that you can really do something about. So if you're going through a tough time right now, if you're struggling, if you have just coming out of a tough time, maybe start there. What are the things in this environment? What are the things in this situation that I can control? And what are the things that I can't? Once you know what you can control, the next step is to work out, well, how the hell am I going to do it? What are my steps? What is my process? Maybe for you it's to go out and find hope or to get inspiration. Like during this time, I listened to Michael Coslin's episode that we did really early on on Challenges That Change Us because he had a really challenging childhood into his adulthood and has had multiple rounds of chemo. And I stood there and I thought, you know what, he's still here telling the story and it has made him who he is today. There's a teacher at her school that has went through chemo when he was at school and that's inspirational. Like I'm looking for these people that have gone through this chapter of challenge that we're going through and looking at their lives and thinking and reminding myself that it is just a period of time. We're not stuck in this forever and and look at these people and look at their lives. So grabbing that bit of inspiration, working out what are your next steps, You know, if you were a traffic light where you're at right now, green is fabulous, I'm doing really well. Orange is, eh, I'm not exactly where I need to be, but I'm okay with where I'm at. And red is, I'm not where I need to be. And so if you think about where you are on that traffic light, maybe just picking one thing that can move you one step closer to the color you want to get to. So if you're in the red, what's one thing you can do to get you one step closer to the orange? Not how do you get in the orange, not how you jump from the red to the green, just what is that one thing that's going to move me one step closer to the orange? Likewise, if you're on the orange, what is one thing I could do today that's going to get me one step closer to the green? Another example, when you think about what game am I playing? Okay, I'm no longer playing hockey, I'm now playing tennis. What can I control and what can't I control? I can't control the weather. I can't control what the umpire calls, but I can control how hard I hold my racket or where I stand on the court. And then what will I actually do? So will I move left or will I move right? So in my world at the moment, I was like, what I really need to do is clear my table of work. So instead of feeling like I have to be at meetings every day and I have to tell my daughter to wait for an hour because I have this really important exec meeting or this coaching course or or whatever it is, I've now cleared Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'm not working very often on those days, but I am working Thursday and Friday where my husband is at home. So we know in our heads that there is someone home every day. And that has reduced, I cannot tell you how much anxiety and overwhelm that has reduced for me personally, but that is about taking action and doing that one single step that's going to help in this scenario and taking that action step in what I can control. And then support. Who have you got? Who is on your board of well, your well-being board? If you were to sit down now and imagine that you're sitting at this big, long table of 10 seats and you got to handpick your team for this moment in time as you're facing this adversity in your life and this massive challenge, who do you want sitting to your left and who do you want sitting to your right? Who's going to be your wise person? Who's going to be your cheerleader? Who is that person that just says, you've got this, I'm beside you, and they just there and they listen compassionately with an open mind and an open heart, non-judgmentally, and then just encourage you every step of the way. Maybe you need a clinician on your board. Maybe you need your best friend or your cousin. But also, is someone got a seat at that table that in this point in time in your life, you don't need at the table? It's okay to say, actually, in your mind, you don't tell them this, but in your mind, it's okay to say, you're not part of my well-being board at this moment, even though you might be my bestie and I lean on you 99% of the time right now and my well-being board i need this person this person this person and this person and give yourself permission to not be okay oh the amount of times that i catch myself or hear other people like you not give yourself permission to not be okay not give yourself permission to cry i'm going to cry now as i say that or to have a bad day or a bad moment. Like if I'm really honest with you, if you guys could have seen our house last night, it was a shitstorm, right? So just to give you like a really quick overcap of what it looked like. One of my children came home in tears. She'd had a really rough day at school. She walked out to the car and I said, How you gone, babe? And she's like, I've had the worst day ever, and started crying we started unpacking it and she'd had a rough day with her friends she was in a different sporting team to all of her friends you know all these things kind of happened throughout the day so i walk inside with my little one and and you know she's in tears and then then my next one's in tears i'm like oh what's wrong with you and she's like i can't handle this mom i can't do 90 days we're only on day 4 and i just i don't know if i'm going to make it so then i stop and i start unpacking that with her then we were like okay let's just why are we sitting in this space? Like, let's pack the kids in the car. Let's have an experience. What do our kids love the most? They love food and they love experience. So let's go eat at our favorite restaurant and sit down and just chill as a family. Let's take a pack of cards and let's have a game because we know that's what's something that really means something to our girls. We toddle off, all of us in the car, two still crying. We get to the restaurant, they wipe away their tears. We walk in, we sit down, they're like, sorry, there's an hour and a half wait tonight we're really busy. And having a kid on steroids, like a high dose of steroids, anyone that's been on steroids, you do not make anyone on steroids wait an hour and a half for food. So we were like, all right, it's okay, kids. Let's walk out. Ice cream shops across the road. I say, let's just eat ice cream for dinner. Doesn't matter. doesn't matter that it's not veggies. Let's just have a night of eating ice cream and having fun. And one of my kids, I forgot, is lactose intolerant at the moment and they didn't have any options. So then there was more tears. So you're starting to get a picture, right? Tears upon tears upon tears. We go, all right, you get pizza. Like let's just, by this point we thought the dinner date was completely ruined. Let's just get pizza, go home, sit by the pool, play cards, have a good afternoon. Order pizza, the wrong pizza comes, the wrong size and the wrong flavour, which we didn't check till we got home. Oh, more tears, more tears. (laughs) we get through all this, put the kids to bed and then one of them starts screaming and there is a bat in her room. There is a bat flying around her room. Then it bit me on the foot and then my husband and I were both like yelling and like, oh, it was a disaster zone. I was like, I've never wanted to go to sleep so much in my life and wake up tomorrow knowing that tomorrow is a new day. I get to choose the attitude that I step into the world with. I get to choose whether I carry over what happened yesterday into today, or whether I step out of bed and when I put my two feet on the ground in the morning, I go, well, shake that off. Let's start again today. And it was incredible. All of our family was in a much better mood. We all gave each other a cuddle. We were all like, whoa, wasn't that a fun night? Like, weren't we all at our worst? But that's an example of giving yourself permission. Like, I could be so judgy about, I guess, some of the behaviors I wasn't proud of last night. We could still be carrying that with us today and being quite cranky at each other or disappointed about the dinner or, you know, pick any what thing you want to. But it's about, there are moments, life is not meant to be easy and smooth sailing. It's not meant to always be rainbows and unicorns. And you're not meant to feel joy and contentment all the time. You know, we have this society that talks about be happy and find contentment in life and follow your passion. And you know, I'm all for that, but let's get real guys. They are moments and pockets of time. You're not going to be content and happy for a whole week, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Like it's humanly impossible and it doesn't serve you because then you don't get to experience the twos out of tens and the sixes out of tens and the ten out of tens because you don't know you're a ten out of ten. If a child grows up in a privileged environment and never wants for anything, do they know what challenges and struggles and hardships are? Like what's it going to feel like for them the first time they hit a really challenging moment in life? So as hard as it is to be in these, these moments of adversity and as hard as it is to pull on your resilience muscle and bounce back, there are some really key things you can do in that space. Acknowledge where you are. Give yourself permission to not be okay. Set yourself up for success the best way you can. Be okay with it being a roller coaster ride. You might take three steps forwards, two steps back, 10 steps forwards, 25 steps back. Grieve for things that have happened, show gratitude and and feel and think about and and breathe into gratitude for where you are right now and what you do have, not what you don't have. And, And it's okay to think about the future. But if you're finding that your mind's racing off into this fear space, two really easy things to do there. One is write it down. So you're externalizing it from your brain and putting it on paper. Because once it's on paper, the second thing you can do is you can measure it so you can manage it. Give it a number you know, am I fearful that my daughter's going to lose her hair? Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's a yes from me. So write it down. I am nervous that my daughter's going to lose her hair. And what am I worried about? Her self-worth, to be honest. Like I'm actually not worried about what other people are going to think of her because they're probably going to be cheering her on every step of the way and thinking what a courageous, resilient young kid. I'm worried about her looking in the mirror, make me cry again, looking in the mirror and thinking, I don't feel good on the inside and I don't, look good on the outside. You know, this is not her fear. Can we be clear? This is my fear. She's not worried about it at all. But when I wrote that down, I was like, okay, out of 10, how scared am I really? I thought it was a 10. Feels like a 10. It's probably a six. And if I think about, well, what can I do to get that six down to a four? Just take a bit of pressure off that fear. Well, I could have a conversation with her and see how she feels about it. I sent an email to the school today and said, hey, if we're going to shave heads, can our whole family do it? And can we do it as a fundraiser to raise money for another kid that's sick at the moment in the school? You know, Can you see how just simply externalizing it and then measuring it and then trying to manage it can be really, really helpful? And one other thing that I think is probably worth mentioning here is it is okay to clear your plate, clear the deck. (laughs) So, when adversity hits, talk about a storm, right? You're in the eye of the storm. You're not in the cleanup phase. You're not in the thriving stage. You're in the eye of the storm. And in that moment, if a storm had really hit and there was hail and thunder and wind and a hurricane was coming, you'd lock all the doors, you would shut all the windows, you'd calm down. You wouldn't worry about work. You wouldn't worry about what you're going to eat. You'd get safe and you would do what you can. And it's okay to do that when you're in adversity in life clear the deck of work, whatever you can clear, whatever you need to clear, let it go. Have a conversation with yourself. Is the only reason I'm worried about this because my ego's in place or does it really matter? Is it going to matter if I push this back a month? Like you guys would have seen, I pushed the High Performance Leadership Summit, which I have been so bloody pumped about. All of you have heard about it for at least four months. And I was like, you know what? it's okay if we push that back till October because my daughter is really sick right now. They're not going to get the best of me and I, I really want to bring my A game for the people that are in that room. We spoke to the team, we spoke to the people that are booked in and everyone was like, great, it's actually better for us in October. So, Something so simple like that ended up being better for 99% of people and I had had this whole thought process around I was letting people down, you know, my ego was in the way. I was thinking, well, you have to man up to work. Like all of this chat, right, all of this inner chat was going on. But now that I've cleared the deck, Now that I've sideswiped all the stuff that isn't critical right now and I'm focusing on the most important thing in my world, the most important thing, my family, my child, keeping our unit together, having the space to be emotional, to deal with doctor's appointments, to do all of those things. I am like already through the eye of the storm and in the cleanup phase of the storm. Okay. So I've talked way longer than I thought I would. My editor did say to me, I was. I think you should do a solo. I was like, oh, God, I couldn't talk for seven minutes. He's like, I think you'll surprise yourself. <laughs> and I feel like I'm just getting started. But yeah, I, I hope that's helpful. Look, I hope you take something away from this podcast. I had no idea we we're going to talk so much about my family, but that's me. That's what I'm going through. And I'd be lying to you if I was sitting on here in front of the computer on the mic being like, life is rosy. Look at all this fabulous stuff that's happening. We're at our 100th episode, which is freaking amazing, guys. It's amazing. We have shared 100 human stories to help build connection and break down isolation. However, behind the scenes, things are pretty tough. You know, what you see on social media, you might be like, she's killing it at the moment, but really things are pretty tough. And I just want to be really honest with you in that space. If you do like these solo episodes, let me know. I can't guarantee I'm going to do them all the time. But I am happy to sprinkle some through throughout the next year. As you all know, we're starting to think about how can we bring more to you in challenges that change us? How can I bring so much more value than what we're already bringing? And sometimes that comes easy. Like, oh, we could do this. We could do this. But other times I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know what you guys need. I don't know what's actually going to really help you. So shout out, if you think of anything, if you have seen anything on another podcast or in another business and you're like, that is gold, that would really help and serve me in 2024, let me know because I'll definitely be the first person to say we can't do it. But if we can, let's do it, team. Let's do it together. And for anyone out there having a really hard time at the moment, I am with you, I'm sitting in the mud with you, I am crying every day. I am grateful for all the things that I do have and I'm still excited about the future. But right now, right now, adversity is knocking on the door and that is okay. And holding that hope, hope is a magical, magical, magical word. And when I sit there and put my hand on my heart and I think about that word hope, my whole body lights up and my mind feels freer because I do truly believe in it. And I think that everything, does everything happen for a reason? I don't know. But what I do know about adversity is that gold comes out of it. Gold nuggets come flying out of it everywhere and, and from the places that you least expect it. So if you're having a tough time, I am with you and I'm supporting you and I send you so much love. And if you were just on here for the chat, I hope you're having an awesome week and we will see you next Monday.